3: Sunday, we're live as always across America here at our South Point Sportsbook studios in Las Vegas. Ben Wilson, happy to be with you. Hess, our outstanding producer as well behind the glass on the East Coast in New York, but not for much longer. He's soon to be moving out, joining us here in uh, in the great West in Nevada. That is Scott Seidenberg. Follow him at Scotts on Air, doing a great job for us as always uh, here at Vsin the sports betting network. And uh, Scott, as we discussed a little bit earlier on the pregame show, week zero in the college football slate. Has come and passed, so we are now underway with the college football season. We're about to be there as well with the start of the NFL season as well, and we just have one more day of preseason football to get get uh, really through. Uh, but before that kicks off, some other interesting news and notes from around the National Football League that we need to hit uh, right off the top here. Some injury-related, others just a uh, general potential transactions-related, and, and probably the biggest uh, story is that, and we've known all this whole time that Deshaun Watson, his future certainly in limbo for a couple of reasons: a, the ongoing second assault investigation that the nfl is continuing to investigate in right now as well as just his future with the houston Texans as a franchise as they've been uh, potentially open to accepting uh, suitors and bids from other teams obviously they want a lot about a, a report just coming out here by that the miami dolphins could be a team that is uh, that is involved and interested in trading for watson According to Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports, still looking though, Scott, that Texans are going to want a king's ransom. Not not a surprise. Maybe three first round picks, a couple of seconds uh, thrown in there. How how much validity and stock do you put into a report like this, especially when we still know that there's the the whole legal side of this, which is yet to have uh, played out so far.
4: Yeah, and uh, if they trade for him, I don't think it's going to be to play like right away. Certainly, because I don't know. I don't know if he plays at all this year there's a lot that has to be uncovered here with this investigation and the legal ramifications and certainly there's going to be some backlash uh, for the NFL and I just don't see him playing so trading it could be you know maybe for or something in the future. Maybe if Tua doesn't work out in the next, you know, after this season, Tua will be going into his third year next year, and maybe there's something that you can explore, but uh, you know, these two teams have made deals before. Obviously, the Laramie Tunsil deal and things like that, but I just don't see, you know, if you're telling me, okay, they're making this trade because Watson's going to be their starting quarterback in a couple of weeks. I don't think that's the case.
3: Look, I, that you make a good point, and I think that's, that's how you have to look at something like this. It's not really going to affect, I don't think, us as better at least in uh, in the here and now and that's partly because we're not exu- we're not assuming Watson will suit up anytime soon for for Houston regardless it's going to be Tyrod Taylor uh, in in their uh, their week one game and seeing the report too that uh, Panthers Broncos and Eagles had all reportedly inquired about the quarterback mm-hmm. apparently the Panthers uh, out they've taken themselves they're, they're out of the running especially essentially at this point we just saw Philadelphia trade for Gardner Minshew Jalen Hurts likely going to be the guy at least to start the year in Philadelphia so like look I, I mean long term I could it would make sense it's it's just this is as messy as it gets when you think about uh, a guy who's facing 22 civil suits. And it's made it really tough because the NFL and the team, there's not much they can say with the with the stuff ongoing. There's not really anything they can do from a, like either from the, these trade standpoints outside of just ask for a lot based on past pedigree and just see what happens. So I think it's better. I mean, I think our hands are just as tight as, uh, as everything else going on right now in the league. Don't you think with this?
4: yeah absolutely and then you know there's obviously he has a no trade clause that he's gonna have to waive to accept to go to any team so it's really uh to me it's just a murky situation the texans are gonna be a bad football team this year um them and the lions are probably gonna compete for the worst record in the nfl so you know maybe getting deshaun watson off their team is getting the distraction away but i'm not sure there's a team out there that really wants to bring him in for for you know whatever this the rumor is i I'd have to wait and see what happens on
3: this. You could make the addition by a subtraction case, but it's also like, well, I get that, but at the same time, Scott, we've we've both talked about this. I mean, look at the Texans' roster. Like, who's yeah. there? Like, what? Sure. Where are they going to get? Where are the wins coming from for the for this Houston team? I know. I mean, I know they've been the front runners to have the fewest wins out of any NFL team at two to one. And of the value maybe not necessarily there, but like, it's it's hard to really see as we get ready for the start of the year. They'll host the Jaguars here in a couple weeks in Week One. By the way, Jaguars getting set to play the Cowboys in their final uh, preseason game, even though it's, it's just two to one. I mean, do you, is there any other team that you see th- realistically challenging the Texans for, uh, for worst record this year?
4: It would be the lions. And that's the only one, um, you know, I think a team like the Eagles is going to be bad, but they'll probably win like five games or so. Uh, to me, it's the lions or the Texans that are going to have the worst two records in the NFL.
3: Lions are the second betting favorite, by the way, they're four to one that's uh, in, in most markets. So uh, not, I'll look pretty dire uh, for both uh, of those teams. It is betting across America as we welcome you in Sunday, and that means full Major League Baseball slate we're going to talk about, keep you updated throughout the next couple of hours, but also NFL preseason, final day of, of all of those games, five in particular, including one that's just about to get underway, Jaguars and the Cowboys uh, right now. No Dak Prescott, not a surprise there for Dallas. Not sure if, uh, even though uh, we, the starting quarterback for Jacksonville, first round pick Trevor Lawrence, he he is active and uh, he is going to suit up, but we just don't know how much he'll actually play in this game, especially with that uh, we've, we've already seen. We just talked about this Gardner Minshew being traded just a couple days ago to Philadelphia. So the closing line on this is going to end up at four and even four for Jacksonville there at Jerry World. Total of 36. Uh, Scott, you and I, we've had some fun with, it, with in-game NFL preseason betting in the past. I'm not sure how much <laughs> this is going to, uh, going to add on to our previous fun that we, we've had before. I'm just not sure what you'd really be able to look at. And it's where, you know, in week three where we, we knew the dress rehearsal for some of these teams would be week two. Just hard to really say, like, how much are you going to see out of these guys and, and how, uh, how much of a crapshoot is it going to try to be uh, actually in-game betting any of this stuff? Not a
4: Jake Luton fan. You're not. Uh, I'm not. See See what happens there. What worries me is, you know, Urban Meyer says obviously he wants to get you know Trevor Lawrence more reps, so he wants him to play in this game. But they're not playing their starting offensive line, so you you want him out there against guys who are literally fighting and playing for their careers on the Dallas Cowboys to go up against a banged up offensive line, a a makeshift offensive line for your franchise player. I can't see him out here for more than just a couple of series.
3: And It's it's totally different than say the Justin Fields case where he didn't even take snaps with the, with the first team, guys really all preseason. And that was because he's not the starting quarterback. It's going to be Eddie Dalton. And we saw that again last night where fields, he was the guy who got the start. And like, so even in these situations where where guys are, are thrown out there, it's not like the success is guaranteed we saw fields it was another slow start for him last night and, and that offense struggled that's just one of the many examples that uh, that you get uh, in the preseason and, and the other part of this too what not you think scott look these teams more than anything the final week you just want to get through this clean avoid injuries and for as much as we have lauded John Harbaugh from a betting perspective winning an NFL record 20th consecutive preseason game last night in which the Baltimore Ravens have gone 18-1-1 against the spread in that stretch it's truly amazing you should be commended for such an accomplishment that literally has no bearing on anything but except our wallets as betters at the same time though you saw the flip side of this J.K. Dobbins goes down early in that game last night the and we uh, we just broke this on our network a couple hours ago with Michael Lombardi in studio the saying that he is likely out for the season a massive loss for a Baltimore team one of the run, run heaviest teams in the league as they'll likely have you have Gus Edwards as the next guy not uh, to fill in there and and uh, Tyson Williams could be another option what's uh, what do you think the impact is going to be here on on Baltimore a team that certainly has is uh, going to get a lot of attention in the futures and overall betting market with uh, the type of upside they bring. How does things, how does this change the calculus though for the run game without a guy like Dobbins?
4: I think it's huge. I mean, Dobbins is a tremendous player for them, Uh, you know, and this is why you don't draft fantasy early, right? Because you have injuries. Um, It's, it's terrible because this was, he was going to have an an impact on this team. He was going to be an impactful player on their offense, um, allowing, you know, Lamar Jackson to run the ball on these read option plays because, you know, it's, he's so dangerous Dobbins, especially when you get him into open space. Uh, Gus Edwards is a very good running back. He's not J.K. Dobbins. He doesn't have the home run ability that J.K. Dobbins has. So I think their offense does take a step back here. I really do. Um, I still love this team. I still think that they are going to be a contender for the North Division, but that is a major, major loss to this offense.
3: When you think about it too, Scott, this is an offensive line. I think we all expect this O-line to be really good once they've had time to gel together. I mean, you're replacing four starters. You've got one of those coming in Alejandro Villanueva, who's in, in in the latter stages of his career, Kevin Zeitler as well. You have Ronnie Stanley back off a season-ending injury, and so this was a team last year that that completely got away from its strength in 2019, which was running the ball between the tackles. They were I mean, it was more than two-thirds of their runs were between the tackles in 2019, which was one of the highest rates in the league. That went to below 50% last year, which was uh, we well. Know, below because league look
4: average. at now. Yeah. And, and, the, and look at though, the web, look at the offense that they had, the players that they have like Dobbins is a guy who, you know, does have breakout ability and is better when getting to the outside, a lot of jet sweeps, a lot of read option plays where the runs are not designed to go between the tackles, but are designed to go to the outside without Dobbins. They might actually get back to going between the tackles. Gus Edwards, more of a North South type runner mm-hmm. than an East West runner like Dobbins.
3: Yeah, no, it's, that's a good point. You I, I just worry about from a, at least the first few weeks here of the season, especially without the expectation, if you're, if you're the Ravens, that that would be the strategy you'd have to take, like, how quickly does it take the offensive line to really look like a cohesive unit together? When we saw some of the struggles, Lamar Jackson, the pressure rate rise extremely high, and that, that resulted in a lot of more inaccuracies with the pressure leading to fewer deep targets down the field, and it just kind of resulted in that domino effect. Scott. So I, that's, what, that's the questions I have. It's like, if, it, you know, my thought here was, all right. We if you're giving the offensive time or offensive line time to build up, you could kind of run some of those design plays, have less pressure on the O line to really create big holes up the middle. When you have a guy like Dobbins who can stretch the field, get to the outsides, I just wonder uh, how predictable they become now as an offense. We already know defenses the adjustments they've made, right? Uh, scheming against Lamar Jackson, it's just how does that even, you know, how does that hurt it when you now have a less athletic option to get to, to the outsides? That's probably my biggest worry here, if I'm if I'm Baltimore at least uh, off, on the offensive sure. side of the
4: ball. Sure, maybe look more towards uh, Lamar Jackson passing prop now with no Dobbins.
3: That, that That's a good uh, potential for sure. And you see the division odds on your screen, plus 115. You know, what's, what's funny, Scott, we've seen, uh, just, and we'll, we'll have uh, Jonathan Von Tobel on in, in about a half hour, one of our NF, uh, Vison NFL uh, betting guide writers who previewed the, uh, the AFC North as well as the AFC East. But it's crazy the amount of steam that's come in on the Cleveland Browns, and we've talked about this in the past, where it's like, all right, at what point is the value kind of siphoned out of betting mm-hmm. Cleveland? And, uh, there are some books, even in Nevada, who have gone to Browns as the favorites, even before this news uh, as favorites to uh, to win the AFC North uh, against Baltimore well like, w- w- from your from your perspective i know you're not as high on cleveland as, uh, as some this year and you still think baltimore and i think a lot of us still expect baltimore to be competitive in that division what do you think the, uh, the appropriate price is at least as of right now especially now that we know likely no dobbins this entire season
4: uh, for cleveland to win the division
3: just yeah just yeah. ravens cleveland uh, Cl- ravens browns there at the top of the AFC North
4: yeah, you know, I, I would I would give Cleveland the, the edge, and I'd probably make it one forty. Uh, right now, maybe 160 at the most, um, because I, this this is going to be a competitive division. A lot of people are down on the Steelers as well. I'm not so down on the Steelers. Now they're not going to get out to the start that they got to last season, but I still think they are a talented football team that's going to win games. And I don't think this division is going to be a runaway for anybody. I think this is, you know, a, a division that it may be not a three-team race, but it certainly is a two-team race. And with the injury to Dobbins, I would knock down the Ravens just a bit but I wouldn't knock them down completely so far that they are closer to the Steelers than they are to the Browns I think if you're making the odds the Browns and Steelers excuse me the Browns and Ravens should be closer together than the Ravens and the Steelers but I don't think the Steelers should even be as far back as what I've been seeing
3: and keeping in mind too I mean like Cincinnati for as many issues as they have, like Zach Taylor's coaching for, for his job this year. And you just brought in a ton of offensive weapons. Who knows how that will look, but yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you. And even, even if Pittsburgh, even if you don't think, especially with the massive increase in opponent uh, efficiency, uh, difficulty that they'll see this year, those games are always tight. It's just a matter of like, you're going to have games that are one, a lot of one score games. That's why I know some of the, the issues people are having with Pittsburgh is uh, this fattening themselves up on a week schedule last year, going to be a lot of tighter score. <laughs> Score games this season. That is tough to to back up season after season, just from an overall production standpoint. So no, like I, th- this could easily be a division, uh, and I, that's why I didn't really like any of the you know betting the win totals over. Like I could see Cleveland winning a division at ten and seven, or maybe they win a tiebreak over Baltimore, and both of those teams are uh, are right there in the mix. Uh, I will be very interesting to uh, to see how that uh, shakes out. But no, J. K. Dobbins uh, with that news coming out today. Uh, the other news that we'll get to here uh, briefly: T. Y. Hilton. Also, apparently, uh, not he's just being evaluated right now for what is being called just an upper back and neck injury. They're not sure, though, how much time he'll miss, and this is coming off of what's already been just got a more. Could you have a more brutal uh, training camp stretch of, of injuries? If, if, if you're looking at this uh, from the Indianapolis Colts perspective, you already were trying to figure out who the left tackle would be while you're waiting for Eric Fisher to get healthy, coming back from his Achilles injury in the playoffs last year. Well, the guy they signed, Sam Tevey, hes uh, he's done. It doesn't sound like he's going to play. Sam Ellinger who would have been the the replacement quarterback potentially one of the two options for the injured Carson Wentz he's now out uh, five to six weeks with a sprained knee we do think though at this point that Wentz might be back and he might play week one uh, but might not have T.Y. Hilton at, his, uh, at, at uh, his disposal and that's facing a pretty good Seahawks team uh, at home like what do you do here if, if uh, you're better trying to evaluate and just figure out who's even going to be on the field for Indianapolis now that we also know that maybe one of the most reliable receivers in the AFC T.Y. Hilton might might not be playing at least in week one and maybe beyond that.
4: Yeah, obviously the quarterback's more important, right? So finding out if it's going to be Jacob Eason or Carson Wentz makes all the difference in the world. But, you know, even last season, you know, you're looking at T.Y. Hilton, who is, yes, he's a reliable wide receiver, but it's not like he scores double-digit touchdowns. It's not like he's a guy who, you know, is going to be that big of a red zone target. He's a guy that's going to have about five to six touchdowns uh, in a season. I think the Colts would like to get their running game going. Um, You know, Jonathan Taylor is going to be the leader of this team uh, off. Offensively. Naeem Hines is excellent as well. You know, the you have other guys like Pittman at the wide receiver position. So I think the, the offense can still move the ball down the field and can still score points without T.Y. Hilton, who is he's not the player that he once was. And he never really was. Like I said, a big touchdown guy, certainly a high reception guy. Um, but I think that obviously the quarterback is the most important thing here. And if you told me that they were going to be without Jonathan Taylor uh, for a couple of weeks, I would then start to evaluate this Colts team because yeah. I think he is more important to this offense than T.Y. Hilton. I, I get And this it. is no no disrespect to T.Y. Hilton. Like I said, a high reception guy, a good possession guy, but it's not like he is this dynamic offensive weapon that is going to command double coverage over the top. I think their defenses are more worried about stacking the box and keying in on a guy like Jonathan Taylor.
3: Still a lot of two and a halfs in the market on Seattle laying those points in Indianapolis for week one. A couple of books had gone down to one and a half with, with some of the news on Carson Wentz. And depending on on the exposure that uh, various books that have but re- regardless uh, Seattle going to be laying points at least as of right now not too much of a shock uh, in Indianapolis would not be stunning either if we see we know how the public likes betting uh, Seattle could see Scott even some more uh, some more action coming on uh, on the Seahawks before uh, we actually get to September 12th which is uh, two weeks from today Scott how about that we're almost done having to wow. just pontificate over offseason stuff we're all we've almost crossed the finish line now we're, we're almost there uh, and in the meantime we get uh, we get baseball to bet on every day and uh, one of one of these teams we, we talked about the uh, the overall mentality too and you're, you're trying to bet on big favorites who are in great positions but you don't want to lay a huge price other ways to go about it one of those options of the run line in the first five and the Tampa Bay Rays uh, I remember I, how I joked like what 50 minutes ago it's like okay actually a pitcher who gives up only a run per nine innings might actually be a nice third starter for the Orioles and Spencer Watkins he's given up two runs in two-thirds of an <laughs> inning already our first score of the day Rays wasting no time Joey Wendell out uh, with a base hit after a Randy Rosarena RBI single so look the beat goes on unfortunately Scott for, for Baltimore not yeah. not I should say fortunately and uh, beneficially for your wallet two nothing uh, yes. Rays top of the first
4: also beneficial for the wallet. We'll see if the Reds can convert here with two runners on in the first inning against a guy who I believe I called him a mess in uh, Jesus Lozardo. So we'll see if he continues to be a mess here against the Cincinnati Reds as the Reds are threatening in the top of the
3: first yeah, Just a, a sl- You were being kind there when you, when you, uh, when you I, I was them. being kind. Yeah, yeah, I was being. Scott Seidenberg, kind man. And... Seasoned, better. That's the two good, two good adjectives to describe you, Scott. Uh, b- by the way, one other uh, uh, score as well. Blue, and uh, should note, we talked about that Red Sox uh, Indians game. That is not going to start on time. Rain delay there, so they have not uh, gotten underway yet. Uh, the uh, the one other update though to uh, to bring you here, we do have a score in uh, in Arlington. Have that game on here in the South Point uh, Sportsbook Studios. And uh, right away, we we saw the uh, Cowboys go uh, go three and out. Interesting to see what we what we would actually see out of their offense again with no Dak Prescott. The Cooper Rush experience, one of three, no yards. Uh, but Trevor Lawrence, looking, he's had some ups and downs in the preseason, like most rookie quarterbacks, but he looks great uh, starting off here, Scott. Three for three, 62 yards, and throws a 18-yard touchdown pass to Farrow Cooper. Now, there's a name. For, uh, for Jacksonville as he gets into the end zone. So seven zip Jags less than uh, five minutes in and they've got a third down already that they forced on the, uh, the Dallas defense. So again, not that we're really looking to get it in game at all here to begin with, but now this is up to forty and a half for a total nine and a half for a side. I guess if nothing else, you're happy to see that as a Jags fan just to see some, uh, some positivity and consistency at least uh, if it's on one drive for a guy like Lawrence and maybe now you can, you can have the impotence to just get him out of there and protect him now for the rest of this game.
4: Yeah, that's something that I would pay attention to. Maybe you know, this could be this could be a good spot for an in-game under, um, you know, if they score on their next possession and see what this total uh, jumps up to. Because you know, I, like I said, I don't know who's going to be playing in the second half of this football game. Uh, both these coaches are going to have to see who they have in terms of finalizing their roster and building a practice squad. So I would expect to see some guys on the field in the second half that we might not know their names and might not ever hear their names this season.
3: Uh, yeah, I we've seen we've seen a number. These games just get to halftime, and then it is you know three six points, maybe mm-hmm. second. And in a lot of these, in a lot of these cases, uh, so we'll continue uh, to monitor that. Uh, other, by the way, one other scoring update, and this was a game we did not mention because, with all due respect to the Toronto Blue Jays, Scott, as much as I love them. Look, they've fallen to what six games out of the second wild card spot. And yeah. Don't think they're a legitimate threat to actually make a push here. But uh, with their ace, the guy they traded for Jose Barrios uh, at the deadline for Minnesota, off to a good start. Up one nothing, they get a run off uh, Matthew Boyd on a Beau Bichette homer. Quietly, look for as much as we've talked about uh, Vladdy, Bo Bichette, 21 homers this year. You surprised to hear that? 21. Man, what a year for Bichette. I'm not surprised at any home run numbers, but Bichette has been a nice player for them.
4: Uh, Boyd, last time, you know, gave up no runs in two innings, but he did give up five hits, so he definitely pitches the contact.
3: And uh, even though the Blue Jays, they might be out of the overall race, still against a, a surprisingly solid home Tigers team, still minus $1. seventy-five, You had to lay pregame, total of about 9 or 9.5. That total now up to 10.5 with that first inning run. We will keep you posted on all of the runs throughout baseball as they come in. Also, a lot of other topics to talk about. We'll update you on the rest of the PGA slate, talk more NFL, college football, and more. A couple great guests as well still to come right here on Betting Across America. football season just around the corner really more than just around the corner it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada premier sports betting app BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting boosted odds specials and much more download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada whatever your sport whatever your betting style you're going to love BetMGM state of the art technology and fan friendly specials every day of the week visit BetMGM for terms and conditions must be 21 or older and Physically located in Nevada, please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call 1 800 522 4700. You know who else is going to be physically located in Nevada soon? Scott Seidenberg, who joins us from the East Coast right now on Betting Across America. Ben Wilson, back with you from our South Point Sportsbook Studios uh, in Las Vegas. How, yeah, the, the packing, Scott? I uh, assume it's, uh, it's going well. You're getting ready? It's, it's exciting. Two weeks, right?
4: <laughs> it's exciting. You know, uh, I think uh, more excited for week one of the NFL season to start, uh, which will coincide with uh, you know the, the emergence there in Las Vegas. So, hoping that it's a pr- productive start to my journey, being out there right ready for week one and uh, starting yes. off with some winners, obviously starting off with some winners in college football yesterday felt very good next week or this Saturday is a much bigger slate. So mm-hmm. gonna have to dive into that this week, especially, you know, with some of the marquee games on the schedule. And really this is where like my futures start, you know, the big future bets that I have in college football will get underway this week. So I guess this is when the real sweat starts to
3: happen. Yeah. Well, look, could you, could this be like the, uh, the Baltimore Colts thing? Like, you're driving through the middle of the night, trying to get here, make sure you're all set for uh, for week one. <laughs> of the, uh, that's also two weeks from today, so you're going to be uh, you know fighting the clock a little bit. Uh, that'll be that's interesting. Right. Set, yeah, set the props, over/under, yeah, time of day. Scott uh, Scott arrives. That is that is bettable. Uh, not at BetMGM though, just uh, within here at uh, at Veasan. Uh, one things that we one of the things that we did uh, talk about on the pregame show as far as our best bets, favorite place for today on the MLB card. Uh, look, we have a, a producer in, in Britain Hess behind the glass who he loves action and uh, he likes to get talked into bets, and I talked him into this man and Bumgarner first five bet and it's not going well uh, Britain was kind enough to uh, to inform me that Mad Bum got a uh, either an o2 or one two count on each of the first what four hitters he or three hitters he faced gives up a bloop single then walks Real Muto uh, Bryce Harper sack Bunts which uh, kind of surprising to see and then I uh, got got ahead of Andrew McCutcheon one and two who's who has uh, been brutal this year at least uh, some of the splits too I mean he's basically hitting uh, left-handed pitching that's about it and unfortunately Actually, Bumgarner is a left-handed pitcher. McCutcheon uh, shoots one through the left side, base hit, and uh, now Bumgarner 24 pitches into the first, and he just walked uh, the next. He just walked Bonifacio on four pitches. So this is bases loaded, one out, bottom of the first. And I'm sorry, Britain. Britain, that's all I gotta say. I,
4: I gotta see. I, I didn't see the Bryce Harper bunt. I've only just read about it. Um, you know, he leads baseball on OPS, and he's bunting with two guys on. I'm wondering if it was was it a true sacrifice or was they were they playing a shift on him and he was trying to bunt for a hit against the shift? I, I got to look at the replay because there's no reason why Bryce Harper should be bunting.
3: Uh, I, I, yes, <laughs> hey, look, and usually if you you know if it's an accidental thing or whatever, check swing, like they the, the scoring reflects that. Uh, all I know is yeah. uh, Phillies were a uh, one of the team, the, one of the few favorites we thought might uh, might actually be susceptible to a potential upset or at least going down early, and uh, well, Ranger Suarez gets through the top of the first unscathed. This is about a minus 175. My favorite total of eight and a half in this spot and, and now live it's up to nine and a half your total base is loaded freddie galvis up uh one out and our producer uh we're just gonna try to you know feel, hopefully he stays uh, composed for the next because we've got what an hour and a half left in, in the show so we need we need britain to hang in there uh for, for the next hour and a half uh by the way garter Minshew, uh who is now now no longer the option for jacksonville is the second quarterback Meaning we are we have now seen more trevor lawrence uh, in this game Touchdown first drive of the game, which we uh, which we just talked about, Scott. But they keep him in there. Another series uh, gets another few completions and a couple first downs, but they do stall out at midfield. And so we, we talked about, look, maybe it's at a certain point, the in-game under could have some value here. It was as high as 40.5. Now down to 38.5 as the Cowboys have punted twice. And now Jacksonville punts. Still, look, uh, the Lawrence game has looked pretty solid. Six of seven, 82 yards, rating of 155.1. Uh, but still, uh, look, on the other side, Cooper Rush, three of six. 10 yards, expect Look, the, the average uh, yards per attempt of around t- two seems about right, don't you think, Scott, for a week three uh, preseason game?
4: <laughs> so far, so good. Uh, you know, it's the ex- expectations are to not have any expectations when it comes to some of these preseason matchups. Now, are there sharp angles you could find? Absolutely. You know, you have to pay attention to what the coaches are telling you, but in a situation like this, with the final preseason game in an unusual year, the way mm-hmm. that the schedule has changed,
3: uh, expect the. Expect, expect expect uh four yards on three carries from jaquan hardy stuff like that, that that's uh, the, yeah. that's the dallas running back by the way like, not that i would have known until i pulled up the box score all right now you know we can though still continue to look at are some more mlb games we've got a few starting at the top of the hour want to get scott's thoughts on those since he uh, has provided a lot of great insights on the mlb slate a lot of teams in playoff positions as well we'll talk about those on the other side right here on betting across america Now, the NFL preseason is almost finished. It's per- the perfect time for you to huddle up with the VSIN Pro Football Betting Guide. The guide is only $19.99 and available now. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Sign up for VSIN All Access and get everything we offer for the entire football season. Sign up now at slash subscribe and cut it. Coming up here on Betting Across America in just a few minutes, we'll have one of those writers for our outstanding NFL. NFL betting guy Jonathan Bontoble. joining the show. We'll also be joined in a few minutes by Kenny White's talking some college football at the top of our next hour. For now though, Ben Wilson back with Scott Seidenberg on Betting Across America presented by BetMGM and the sweats have begun. Scott, on a Sunday slate in Major League Baseball, Jesus Sanchez continues to torture Cincinnati Reds pitching. Hit a three-run shot yesterday to make it 5 nothing. two-run bomb off of Tyler Malley. And so some of our some of the plays we like to start off not looking sharp too much through the first inning long, long, long way to go scott but uh, not what you wanted to see there is Malley gives up a two-run shot in miami has a two-nothing lead no just a terrible
4: sequence of pitching uh you know a couple of fastballs jumped out to an O2 count on sanchez uh tried to put him away with a third fastball was fouled off goes to the splitter and it gets taken for consecutive balls and then he throws consecutive fastballs that get one for a ball and then on a three-two pitch in my opinion, should have went back to the splitter, but instead he goes with another fastball that Sanchez just rocked uh, for a two-run shot. So it, you know, it's, it's it's amazing. One pitch could be the difference in an entire ball game instead of getting out of the inning with no runs or um, it's now a two-nothing lead for the Marlins. But like I mentioned, you know, Lizardo is a mess. So I think uh, the Reds <laughs> so are fair. still going to score.
3: So they can still talk. have a leak here. I <laughs> yeah, like it. Yes. Plenty of in my humble uh, opinion, it's, well, it's funny, you know hosting other shows here with uh, usually with Josh Towers, especially during the MLB season. Our, uh, our one of our uh, Vison MLB analysts, former pitcher, the number of times yep. Scott that Josh and I've been on the air together, and he is he has made his case for why he should be the Baltimore Orioles pitching coach. You know, it's basically become <laughs> a running joke, and it's you know I look up and I see Jordan Luplo hit a ball about 900 miles off uh, off of our guy Spencer Watkins to make it three-one raise in the second inning, and it's just like okay, it's one thing for. Us, to sit here and be like, all right, what's this pitch selection? But when you have a guy like Josh who pitched for 10 years in the big leagues, who's who's watching the same games and is saying, look, this is ridiculous. I don't know what they're doing. I start to give some credence to that thought. And I think, all right, maybe we are onto something when we see stuff like this. Yeah, exactly.
4: Uh, there, I mean, the Orioles are a mess. But look at the numbers; don't lie, right? The Rays, seventeen and one, straight up against the Orioles this year, and uh, fourteen of those seventeen wins have been by two or more runs. Yeah,
3: well, you know, what I just saw on that broadcast thirty-five and ten against the AL East in their last forty-five games. I mean, this, we obviously and, talked about the Orioles like that's that's insane. Not just the seventeen to one against the Orioles, but a division like that with maybe three playoff teams, and they're thirty-five and ten, their last forty-five. That's just absurd.
4: Well that's why they have this 5 game lead over the Yankees you know people are wondering why you know there's there's a difference between this team when the Yankees have been playing so well and winning 13 straight games and are this many games above 500 well it's because the Rays have beaten up on the rest of the division i think at one point they were when when they were you know 16 and 1 now they're 17 and 1 against the Orioles i think the Yankees are only like maybe 8 and 5 or or something like that against the Orioles i mean just just the matchups with Baltimore could be the difference in this division alone.
3: Right. Oh, well, look, in a game, especially uh, like this today, we've talked a lot about it. even though these totals are high, still, look, it's the Orioles. It, it's a ERA, team ERA of nearly six at this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was a total of 10. It's now 12 and a half live with a 3-1 lead. Orioles had gotten one back, by the way, in the bottom of the first off Chris Archer. But uh, the Rays get that's a response immediately. So 3-1 there in the top of the second. Madison Bumgarner, he did get out of the first but gave up one more run. So 2-0 Phillies after a one inning of play. Uh, as Phillies again with Ranger Suarez they were a pretty large favorite as well uh, today in that one uh, so those are our MLB updates as of right now still a number of teams though Scott that have a lot to play for and some some kind of bizarre series that we've seen play out this weekend including in Minnesota where the Milwaukee Brewers they've weirdly struggled against these bottom feeding teams in the AL Central they lost all four games against the Royals in their brief season series and they've already now lost the season series against Minnesota having lost the first two of their this series and it was bizarre like the, the bench coach Pat Murphy got ejected before the first pitch last night like it's weird <laughs> Milwaukee's has been steamrolling everybody best road record in the majors and here they are they lose the first two they couldn't do any they couldn't couldn't get any offense they've scored in one inning so far in 18 against the second worst pitching staff in the American League in Minnesota so with the guy in Aaron Ashby basically a, a sixth starter for them who's getting who's getting the spot of Freddie Peralta right now who they're kind of being cautious with they've kept him on the IL more resting him though for the playoffs do you are you are you uh, running to the window here on Milwaukee? It is a slightly cheaper price at minus about one fifty at MGM. but it's just been a bizarre series so far. Brewers bats have been uh, have been dead silent against a bad pitching staff from Minnesota.
4: Yeah, and they've lost three straight now, and this has happened to them before. There's been, I think, one time this year where they had that long losing streak, so uh, where they've lost more than three games in a row. But this is a team that usually bounces back after losing, you know, three games in a row. So I would expect the Brewers to bounce back. Uh, it's an important um, game for them. You got to right the ship here. You know, it, 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 you're looking at them right now. The division is, you know, probably not in question. Uh, is seven and a half, but the Reds are still to win baseball games, and you don't want this to get to a situation where you're looking at the standings towards the end of the season, and the Brewers, from a seven-and-a-half game lead, could become maybe a four-game lead, and you don't want that to happen, because you've got games uh, for the rest of the season here that are going to be difficult against playoff-contending teams. Uh, they play the Giants for four games. They play the, uh, the Phillies. They play the Mets or... <laughs> they play the Mets. They play they the play, Dodgers. Yeah. I should say wrong column, there, um, Scott. <laughs> yeah, they play. They play the Dodgers. Uh, so the schedule doesn't get easier for the Brewers. They can't afford to drop games where they are expected to win them.
3: Yeah, look, I I like the spot for them today. And that that series you mentioned against the Giants, that's their next series. Four games in the Bay Area starting Tuesday. And they will close the season on a a six-game road trip in St. Louis, who will likely probably going to be out of it by then. But at St. Louis and then the Dodgers to close the season, who, based on how this is going, that's that's probably going to be a massive series, uh, probably more so for L.A. So, yeah, no, you you make a good point on that. Uh, Ashby had an awful Major League debut. I believe he did not get out of the first inning. He was against the Dodgers early. Earlier in the year in his debut, but he's been solid since. They really like him. Probably not going to go super deep in the game, and they've got a massive bullpen edge uh, in this one. So that that would be the uh, like 150. It's a slightly lesser price than you'd have to lay Griffin Jax. You can probably talk to this more, Scotty. It's it's it's, uh, not gone well for for Jax to put it lightly for the most (laughs) part. A guy guy with some upside, but a a total of nine and a half here too could be uh, could be interesting as well.
4: Yeah, Griffin Jack, what nine runs his last outing against the Red Sox?
3: <laughs> not yeah, not great. Spencer Watkins uh, territory, uh, right, right there. And there you see uh, the a little shade to the under at uh, minus 115. Believe it or not. Uh, so other number of interesting games uh, coming up, which we'll also preview as we get closer uh, to the start of all of those Cubs, White Sox. We'll see Cal Hendricks and Dylan Cease. That's another game we'll preview in a little bit. But up next, we turn it over to Jonathan Von Toll, Veasan senior NBA analyst and expert writer in our NFL Pro Football betting guide. We're going to talk to. JVT get his thoughts on everything in the sports betting world up next right here on Betting Across America.
6: slash iHeart.
3: with BetMGM. It's the best time to sign up because they're giving new customers a shot at an easy hundred bucks. Register using code VEASAN100 and win $100 in free bets when you place a $1 money line Wager on the Yankees or Athletics and either team. It's a home run. BetMGM is always ready to help you turn big plays into major paydays. Enjoy innovative parlay selection builders, daily promotions, boosted odds specials, and more. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use code VEASAN100 to win $100 when you bet $1 on the Yankees or A's in either team. It's a home run. Only at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, new customer offer For paid and free bets, eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. It's the final segment of our first hour of betting across America, back with Scott Seidenberg. Ben Wilson with you and happy to bring in the guy who you were with for three hours yesterday, Scott the JVT. He, he had to take the role, uh, Jonathan Von Tobel, of, of Scott Tamer, because you were so excited for the start of college <laughs> football season to get underway. I'm sure you guys had a lot of fun uh, sweating some bets live on the air. And so uh, while we just have mostly MLB and uh, some NFL preseason as well, we do welcome on Jonathan Von Tobel, our recent senior NBA analyst, as well as uh, one of our many authors of the uh, NFL Pro Football Betting Guide. And I'll start with this, JVT, because we have some, some injury news in each of the divisions you wrote about in our guide, AFC North, and uh, and uh, especially in the, I should say, I was going to say AFC South, that's just your team, the Indianapolis Colts. But starting the North with the news coming out today that our own Michael Lombardi broke this morning on Lombardi line, that J.K. Dobbins, he's going to be out, likely expected to miss the entire season for Baltimore. How does that change your calculus of, the, of this AFC North division uh, as a whole, given all of the love, and I know a team you do like as well, uh, in the Cleveland Browns, looking ahead to this year?
5: Yeah, look, it's a pretty big injury. And I think, really, uh, this is a Baltimore team then that I was kind of down on to begin with, right? Like, you can go across the board with this offense, and I think there's a lot of questions. If you look at Lamar Jackson statistically, the way that he dropped off last, season and what happened there with his passing. You know, one of the things that I noted in that in that guide, right, if you look at some of the numbers that PFF divvied up in terms of traditional dropbacks without play action, uh, he was really bad a season ago, Lamar Jackson. And that offensive line has a lot of questions marks on the interior. Tackle spots are relatively solid, but your left tackle coming off of a major injury, your right tackle, you was a left tackle throughout his entire career and making the change. No. Nope. So I, I think that this is going to be something – Is there?
3: Yeah, we got you, JVT.
5: Oh, okay, sorry. I heard somebody talking down my ear. So, Regardless, like, I think that this is going to be something that when you're looking at the loss of J.K. Dobbins paired with a shaky offensive line and a wide receiving core that's already banged up and has some limits, I think that this is a team with a schedule that is absolutely brutal. It's probably going to finish mm-hmm. second in the AFC North. So I think this is going to be something that may be a playoff team, but I don't think that they're going to win this division.
3: Again, speaking with Jonathan von we'll follow him at MeJVT. I'm guessing that uh, that voice of your ear was uh, Britton Hess, who's sweating out this. He's just mad. He's sweating out a Madison Bumgarner first five bet that uh, we've got right now. I don't want to throw Britton under the bus. It probably wasn't him. Uh, 2-1 Phillies, by the way. Uh, Diamondbacks did just get a run back in the uh, in the second inning. You think about it, too, uh, you think about injury news as well. And, and we, we talk about this Ravens team who, as much as we laud John Harbaugh for rewarding betters in our wallets with this now incredible 20-game winning streak, at the same time, it, that there's a flip side to this. And and sometimes you do risk guys for injuries. That's what happens for J.K. Dobbins. Kind of an in, a different uh, angle, though, and, and a different set of circumstances going on in Indianapolis. I know a team you're following very closely, uh, Jonathan Avantobel, with us uh, again here on Betting Across America. So what do you make of the T.Y. Hilton news that comes out? He might be out week one with the the upper back neck injury. We've already seen the issues on the offensive line. A lot of uncertainties there to start the season as well as they continue to wait for Eric Fisher to come back healthy. And while we think Carson Wentz is going to be that week one guy, still the questions of actually how close to 100% he are remain. So, how do you break down a Colts team who have certainly a, one of the tougher tested week one, albeit at home, uh, against uh, Seattle? <laughs>
5: Yeah, look, injuries, especially cluster injuries, right? That's what screws you as a team. Left tackle, it's going to be a little bit of a problem early on. Now, I do think they get lucky because if you look at the Seattle team, then one of the biggest issues for them is defensively. It's going to be with that pass rush. It's going to be with a secondary that has, I think, a lot of problems. And so when you evaluate it from that perspective, you never want to be down your two guys who are going to fill that left tackle spot. But maybe it's a spot you can get away with it. This wide receiving core, you know, maybe there is some depth emerging in training camps Some young guys playing extremely well. Michael Pittman uh, looked like he was going to be one of the the many draft picks that this team has hit on. So I think they're going to be fine when it comes to T.Y. Hilton's injury because this is a team that starts that offensive line in that run game. But as those cluster injuries start to build up and as you get deeper into the season against better competition, not to insult the the Seattle Seahawks, but when you're looking at this schedule as you go forward, when you're talking about the Rams defensively, you're talking about a Tennessee Titans team that is better this year, right? The Ravens on the road, 49ers on the road, you know, if those injuries and those absences stretch out to that long, that's going to be a problem for this Indianapolis Colts team. So I thought they were, look, even with the injury to Wentz and before all of this went down, I thought they were going to be relatively live against the Seahawks team that has some really big issues defensively. But as these continue to build up, you got to think that at some point it's going to be hard to overcome these, whether it's going to be week one against Seattle or as the schedule
3: progresses and it gets tough. Right, and week you know week two against the Rams not going to be uh, easy either. You just wonder too. AFC South as a whole, we've got this game on in studio right now, watching the the Jaguars, who uh, look Trevor Lawrence has looked good. Of course, it is against uh, week three preseason backup competition, eleven to twelve right now for a buck thirty nine and a couple touchdowns. Jaguars just went up fourteen nothing as a four point favorite in in Dallas. What what do you do with this whole division as uh, as a whole when you think about Tennessee and just the the massive differences between offensive efficiency where they've been at the basic, basically the top end of the scales, but also at the, at the very opposite end on the defensive side, and they lose Arthur Smith. Uh, how, like, how do, you, how do you think of this division shaping up when we know at the bottom you'll have Houston, a team that figures to be uh, one of the worst teams, if not the worst in the NFL, and then this, uh, this Jacksonville team with first-year head coach, rookie quarterback. We'll see how that uh, learning curve goes for, for the two of them uh, down in Florida.
5: Yeah, look, I think Tennessee deserves to be favored, rightfully so, just given the status of the division, the teams around them. But I, like, I, I am very hesitant to believe that the Tennessee Titans are a legitimate Super Bowl contender. You know, I get when you look at the additions in the offseason and the potential that this team has, when you look at it as a whole with this offense. Uh, but when you there's there's a the things that kind of weigh me bad like a hold me back here even with Julio Jones down the roster and that's really the way this team plays offense right like we're talking about a team that loves to run on first and second downs that is very traditional in the way that they develop their offense and the way that they game plan and we've seen them we've seen that hold them back multiple times in regular season games Mike Brable is great in certain instances but also I think he's flawed in terms of the way that this offense is operated and yes you know we could talk about Derek Henry how great they have been but at the same time there's a limit to the way you play your offense if it's going to be first and second runs, and then setting up third and long. And on the other side, you know, look, defensively, there are some questions in the secondary. You know, there are some names in the secondary that I think you wonder what you're going to get out from a production standpoint. Have they improved their pass rush from a year ago? That they had absolutely nothing? And so, while I think they're favored to win a division, that 10, you know, maybe 11 wins might get it for them, I think 10 is probably going to be enough. You know, when you're talking about competing in the grand team, I, I, I would hesitate to bet on the Tennessee Titans to win a Super Bowl of any sort. But if there you miss me with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Might be a sneaky contender to win this thing. We've seen in the preseason this offense is going to have some growing pains. One of the worst offensive lines in of the National Football League. This defense and this secondary is going to be a problem, too. Tennessee is the favorite by default here, but given everything going on in Indianapolis, but I don't think Super Bowl
3: contender in the bunch at this point. Yeah, uh, look, uh, Tennessee last year they they made history. They were in JVT's first ever. I think it was your first ever Paper Tiger Bowl. Remember that uh, the playoff game is uh, as, uh, as the Titans, uh, Ravens in the wild card. They were talking about it like Super Bowl one uh, in uh, basically in that game. The one uh, the one last follow up. I'll ask you on this. So with Todd Downing coming in, like we know that Arthur Smith. He was such a, a you know one of your your analytic based kind of new wave OCs with a lot of preset motion, tons of play action, and it really benefited Ryan Tannehill. Although the play calling was pretty similar to what we saw to Marcus Mariota. The difference was Tannehill gave you the ability to stretch the field, and it allowed them to do a lot of different things offensively. What do you expect with with Downing from a play calling standpoint coming in, knowing that really his only other experience it was more of a of a vanilla setup, albeit with a much less uh, you know much less robust bust offense that he had in Oakland back in 2017.
5: Yeah, you know, like I'm I'm hoping I think like this offense, I'm down to be wrong, right? Because if we're talking about an offense that is cheesy so much similarity in terms of scheme, but it's the way they use their offense, right? You know, the Chiefs on first, Michael Lombardi, when I would do the show with him, he talked about this all the time. You know, it's like playing Canadian football, right? It's attacking downfield on first and second down, shorting yourself, setting yourself up for much more manageable third down situations, and then think about that running attack on a third and two, when you've tried to attack downfield the first two down, right? Like, that's so much better for you than as opposed to the other way around, where we're talking about just the, hey, you gotta you got to establish the run as we move forward, and it's better for a guy like Derrick Henry as well, right? Who has so much volume on his body in terms of carries over the last two years, and we do know, right? Derrick Henry seems to get stronger as the years go on, as the games go on, right? We remember that stretch when they made it to the uh, when they made that run in the postseason, where Derrick Henry in the last five games of the regular season was absolutely incredible, and I think they want to save his body for that. And you also look—you got Julio Jones for a reason. So if you're going to open up this offense, if you're going to start to attack downfield, this would be the year to do it. So you hope that is going to be the case look at everything overall you know i think as well tight end you know it has after johnny smith leaves what does that position look like because johnny smith was actually a really good tight end a great pass catching tight end too uh, i so I'm, I'm hoping i'm wrong and i'm open to being wrong but i think even at the end of the day you figure out this offense so this offense takes a step forward in terms of their development how much does that defense hold you back in the grand scheme of yeah
3: uh, look i just wonder i mean week one Get the Cardinals at home, a team that, as we know, Arizona very good when healthy and having time to prepare. I'm not so confident that that, that health will hold up the whole year. Could that be a good spot? Yeah, maybe Arizona go, comes in there, wins week one with the defense uh, st- still obviously in shambles and the offense are just trying to figure it out. Might take some time. I don't know. I could I could easily see that being a case uh, where yeah maybe you get a week one upset. Everybody's like, oh here we same old Tennessee defense, and they end up uh, you know actually having uh, some value down the stretch. Uh, we'll we'll see uh, either way. Regardless, follow him at, on Twitter at me JVT. John Jonathan Von Tobel, not only our Veecon senior NBA analyst, but also uh, host on a number of different shows, and uh, also contributor to our NFL Pro Betting Guide. Always great to have you on. Uh, we will see you later on this week, uh, JVT. Yeah, only two weeks uh, from today. NFL Week One going to be uh, going to be here before we know it. So thanks as always for uh, for giving us some time. We'll check in with you later. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. Yep, absolutely. We're, uh, we're coming up on the end of our first hour of the show here. A couple of updates to get you on the other side. Scott Seidenberg will be uh, back with us for hour number two. As we continue to roll along betting across America, Kenny White also going to join us. A number of interesting line moves from the openers for week one of the college football slate after what we saw yesterday in the week zero slate. How does Kenny break down those lines? And does he think some of those moves, uh, are they accurate or are they overreactions? We'll talk about that next, also update you on what's happening in the one NFL preseason game going on right now 14 nothing Jacksonville Trevor Lawrence looking pretty good hopefully that uh Jaguar fans hoping that carries over into the actual regular season we'll talk about all of that and more in our number two betting across America coming up next